This show is a series of conversations amongst really good friends. We come from different generations and have different life situations. And those situations are even changing as we record this. We decided when we began that this might be a helpful conversation for others to be a part of. So we offer this to you as a gift. In the words of Dr. Adrian Keene, we have decided to consent to learn in public. With you. We intend to be mindful, authentic, and responsible with our words. But we also expect to mess up and learn through this conversation. Take a look at America today. I wish I could give you better news. That I am suspending my campaign. 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden. And all this little girls. We're going to have to wait for And the path toward victory is virtually impossible. For some of these other candidates to get behind Joe Biden. I'm looking forward to getting started as soon as we can. I just can't go another episode without mentioning it. I feel like it's too much. Like, speaking of, I know that it's emotionally exhausting, but we're already here. And I just feel like it's it's irresponsible that we're not bringing it up. We got to talk about it. I feel like as a woman, but also as a person, um, it's just, like, I'm really upset that I have to vote. Well, I don't have to. No, it can make me do anything, except this electoral system can totally make you do things. Um, I'm probably gonna vote, and I just have a gut feeling that's what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna be voting for someone who has not satisfactorily addressed allegations that he um, sexually assaulted somebody who he had power over mm-hmm. and that incident that she's referenced has been graphically described in the newspapers mm-hmm. which was not fun to read um, as a person with the same parts I was like I can feel that right now mm-hmm. um, and I just I'm just like I know that this is not the last like sex Predator, who I'm gonna vote for. Ooh. And it sucks. Yeah. Yuck. Ew. Trump is also, like, they're both. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, most of the time, because of all the privileges that I have, when I'm thinking about um, voting and, like, positions and most, not even just voting, but just, like, society, I'm thinking about, like, I guess other people's oppression and obviously um, it is linked to my oppression as well but um, other people are directly um, having terrible experiences because of certain policies and practices and systems and I'm trying to think about that and this is like this is the only thing I got really the woman thing um, where it's like really truly like both of these candidates like they're like they actively hurt people for like gendered reasons mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people in America are like chilling with that like our country is like fine with it and like it's I feel that way about a lot of issues that aren't as directly about me but this one is so I yeah guess and, so. and people who are important. like supposedly aligned with us I wonder about the people who have profile pictures up not specifically any parents, but, like, people who are, like, yay, Kamala, like, what did you say, Ari, um, girl power, um, those people also defend Bill Clinton, and I, I cannot, 
I can't get that. I'm still grossed out that I like somehow stumbled into an example using Bill Clinton as something that was gross in our previous conversation. But I don't, I don't even want to like everybody forget that. Um, but it's uh, it's gross to hear people defend him in something that seems so very clear to me, so very clear, and it I feel really really disconnected from people who don't see that. Um, that very clear cut situation as about power and misuse of power. It makes me feel really, really far away from people that I like. So I feel like even I'm, I'm offended at Bill Clinton, but then I feel like a double hurt by people who go out of their way to defend him, not just to stay silent, but to defend him. And I think probably people will do this about Joe Biden. Um, I feel like a double pain by that. Yeah. I also, when I say, I don't know, it's just going to come across as me like talking shit about Allison for two hours and I don't, that's not, but this is also, I feel like a lot of the things that I'm touching on of like people not criticizing people in power is like a lot of this is very much like what, why I've stopped talking to her about the election is like mm-hmm. my, my mother has not, I made any comments or criticisms about Joe Biden being a sexual predator and that yeah. is you know that 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 definitely hurts to like see that silence and very visibly see that silence because I know other people are talking about it I know she's heard about it I know she has that information and that like she and many other people are just choosing to ignore it and then I think I, I don't know I mean Julia you said the thing of like don't of like now I have to and then you were like no one can make me which I think is important because I think there's also the like I don't know even with even since Kamala Harris was announced I've already seen a lot of people that are like I know you don't like her but you have to vote for her anyway and very much like you have to Mm -hmm. um I don't know if this is a national trend. I don't know if this just happens to be a lot of the the accounts that I follow at this moment. But I also feel like there's so much, there's there's so little empathy in telling Mm -hmm. just like the general public, including a lot of people who are survivors Mm -hmm. or who know survivors, you have to vote for a sexual predator yes right like you have to vote for an abuser with the thing of again when we talk about like because it reduces harm is like i hear that it like potentially reduces harm for some people but i also don't think those people realize the harm that they're causing Mm -hmm. to others when they tell them you have to vote for this person that like in many ways like again voting for them to have further power over you and to have further power over other people in situations where they've already shown that they have used that Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think people recognize the harm that that rhetoric does. Julia, my heart crumbled when you said, and it's probably not going to be the last person in future elections, because you just recognized that, you know, that, oh, I just want to highlight that because that made me feel really sad. I mean, it's, I, I feel like it's, it's pretty cut and dry that Joe Biden does not deserve your vote. And maybe, maybe, maybe I haven't made that clear enough uh, throughout the things that I've been saying. But like, Joe Biden does not deserve your vote. He has done nothing, in my opinion, to earn your vote. I am not interested in voting for him because of anything he's done 
In fact, everything he's done, I think, would draw, would push me away from wanting to vote for him, especially his actions um, and his, like, abuse of power and his uncomfortable and inappropriate um, behavior and his, like, abusive tendencies. And I don't, I'm just talking myself into sadness. Um, powerful men, almost, like, universally, it seems suck and i don't like is this is this a situation where there are no good men who would want to be in power probably it seems like that's how it works i don't have anywhere i'm going with this i just you know you're right like this is a stupid system um and the people who are at the top who end up being on the ballot in no way deserve your support and especially from people who have survived um abuse like i couldn't imagine um voting for somebody who um like i couldn't imagine voting for my dad um or somebody like that even if they had all of the right views had all of the right platforms i wouldn't do it um and the, the problem, or one of the biggest problems is the person on the other side also sucks and are abusers. And um, that doesn't mean that you have to vote one side or the other. In fact, like, it's totally reasonable in that situation, I think, not to vote. And um, I'm not going to say you have to vote. Neither of the people there have earned your vote. Not, you don't owe your vote to either of them. I, the, it just gets... It sucks because... The person who wins has a lot of, like, has, has the ability to do a lot of harm or a lot of good beyond that. And I think this doesn't just, ex it, it, this doesn't just stop. W one reason why I might be numb to this and why I needed Julia and, like, I'm thankful that Julia said that reminder that this is probably not going to be the last person is that this isn't obviously limited to this one person in power, but for people who are vulnerable, for people who have bodies like I do, for people who don't have the same experiences as I do, this is just something that you interact with every day. There are people that you work with who are abusers. There are people that are in your family who are abusers. There are people that you live with um, that you are married to. And so this is uh, like, you almost have to, you can't divest yourself from uh, sexual assault and uh, assault in your life it's just there everywhere and um, so I think like in some ways it makes me numb so that I don't even like have to consider it all the time in terms of voting because like if I considered it everywhere that it exists that would be the only thing that I thought about I would also like to uplift I May Destroy You a show on HBO which deals with sexual assault in a really, really interesting way, provides resources after every episode. I feel like it's, uh, they have an intimacy coach in it. I, th I think it's done like super, super responsibly and uh, explains how uh, complex this is and how it affects all the people around you. Are you all familiar with the trolley problem? One of philosophy's like most basic moral quandaries. This is very much, I feel like, a moral quandary, mm -hmm. like the trolley problem, mm -hmm. wherein the trolley's gonna kill some people, 
mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, abuse people. Um, and you can either... Uh, I don't like this metaphor because it's entirely too real. Let's go back to the trolley. Ew, ew, ew. Um, the trolley's going to kill some people. And you can either not intervene and the trolley will kill five people, but you didn't flip a switch, you didn't act, and the trolley kills those people. Or you flip the switch and it kills one person, and so you've directed it towards killing that one person. Nah, it sucks. I think, again, there's that, there's, there's that, I think, false dichotomy between voting and not voting is action and inaction. I don't think that's totally fair. I also think that sure. I was gonna I was gonna say a thing and I feel like this kind of spoke to it. Addy, I, I agree. I feel like a lot of I feel like I don't know, maybe something that I don't I'm not gonna speak for you, Julia, but definitely something that I've been feeling is a lot of like frustrate like 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 continued sort of like feeling so like overwhelmed and hurt and like so much like anger and, and feeling. Um, and not good feelings and then sort of being told like you get used to it or like mm-hmm. I don't know not mm-hmm. not you get used to it but but being confronted by adults who are used to it whether or not that's something yes. they're willing to admit to me yeah like and um and I find that very disheartening yeah and I think I sort of and, and I feel like I don't like that the way that the choice between two abusers is being framed is also being like it is sometimes I won't say always but is also sometimes framed as like the abuser versus the abuser and one of them abused more people and that makes him worse and I also don't feel like I don't feel like and and, and I feel like the trolley problem has a similar thing where like I mean the point of the trolley problem the idea I mean there's other ways you set it up where like I don't know sometimes you like in the I mean in the good place they also talk about setting it up with like oh what if it's like your best friend is the one person versus it's three strangers and things like that and I feel like that's but but I mean the way it's initially posed it's supposed to be this very like quantifiable do you kill one person or do you kill three and mm-hmm. I don't think that's like a fair thing either where because everyone's yeah. supposed to say the one killing the one person is better and and I feel like that's the thing that I'm like like when confronted with two abusers I'm supposed to be like, oh, the better one is the one who's abused fewer people or the one who has fewer allegations against them. Yeah. And I don't think there's enough discourse around like, I don't care whether you abused one person. I don't care if you abused 25 people. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care how many allegations, whether you have one allegation or a hundred, right? I don't, like, I don't, I don't think you can measure someone's, like, the, the the harm that someone's caused or sort of because I also do think like I don't think you can measure it that quantifiably and like mm-hmm. make that call that quantifiably because then I also wonder what it means to be that one person who yeah. suddenly feels like they don't get to hold a candle because yes. their abuser wasn't the one who abused 25 other people first yes I mean I feel this way about so many other things too, where I'm just like, why are we living in a system where that's the choice we're making? Mm-hmm. Why are we having to make these choices? And I know that any adult is going to tell me, well, that's just how it is. Life isn't fair. Um, there's a lot of people to please. 
I'm still really disappointed in my, the choices that I'm being forced to make and navigate because I don't want to live in a society that's okay with choosing between two abusers mm-hmm. or choosing between two people who are racist or two people who are xenophobic. I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to live in a better society. And I'm working on making I'm not just like going to say like, oh, I want things to change. I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. trying to make things change I, I don't think that things should change without like I, I, I understand that it's going to, that requires a mm-hmm. lot of work um, and like we also spend so much time just because we're, it's so bad we spend time like having to waste so much energy on things like this LSC vote that shouldn't be something that we have to campaign for and organize but like you know, there's just, it's thing after thing after thing, and I know that I sound very naive saying this, because, like, duh. No, no. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the term naive, um, because I have experience talking, I don't know how to describe the experience of, sometimes we're talking about stuff, and I'm like, I don't know if they've experienced that before, but I don't think you're being naive. I'm, like, refreshed to hear that you're, like, still being like this is wrong (laughs) and I am glad that you're saying it and I'm motivated by you saying and I feel liberated by you saying it and um yeah let's keep saying we shouldn't vote for abusers like um but I feel like the the only way that the language that I've been taught to talk about that is to say the word naive and that is the wrong word in fact you are um like you are saying what should be said and I'm just so used to like this is what I just said is that I, I become so used to it that I'm like numb I'm numb you're not naive <laughs> you're saying things that we should continue to say and just because I've experienced some of this a little bit more than you I have um, stopped putting my energy towards saying some of those things because I felt like no one was listening to me and I felt like no one prioritized it and so I've been thinking a lot about that word naive Julia, since you brought it up, and um, this is one of the reasons why I love having these conversations, because um, may we not forget the things that we thought when we were 18, and may we not silence the people who are saying them right now, right? Like, it is wrong that I'm numb to talking about sexual assault, and that that's not one of the first things that I would bring up when I'm criticizing a leader. Ugh, yuck, gross. (laughs) That is gross, that is wrong, and I'm so... So it's such a gift to have this conversation with you. Keep. We need keep to continue lifting up please. that, like, yeah. even if it is like normalized at this point, it should not be. It mm-hmm. should not be like it. It doesn't matter what is quote unquote normal. Like, if everybody in politics, if every man in politics has abused somebody, that should not be the case. That should not be true. Not all men are abusing people, and therefore, not like we shouldn't expect our representatives to be abusers like it shouldn't be just something that we pass off you're right and um i totally hear that like word of numbness like the maybe the idea of jadedness like Mm -hmm. it's not a good thing Mm -hmm. it's not a good thing like it cannot be normal it should not be normal like and we need to continue reminding ourselves of that every single Every single time that we vote, we need to remind ourselves of that. So I've been thinking a lot about Palestine in terms of this, too, because um, 
so like you just did this thing at your school and from some perspectives you could say like you lost right <laughs> and from some perspectives right it, it doesn't make you feel like very happy about it afterwards and one of the reasons why Palestinian rights has been such a like working for Palestinian rights in my life has been something that like feeds me so much in a way that I feel like I don't give anything I'm just like fed so much by this movement is that like there is loss after loss after loss there's seemingly no wins sometimes <laughs> like I don't know if you've been paying attention to what happened with Saudi Arabia and our stupid president um, and the like the relationship between Saudi Arabia and Israel that happened this week. It, like there are seemingly no wins for Palestine if you follow um, it in some ways. And yet that's uh, like the, the hope of Palestinians to like get up and continue to resist every day by just freaking living is uh, is everything I need to know about liberation movements that like you don't need to win to be sustained you just need to be in community and you need to resist by living and you need re to resist by eating together and laughing together and making music and dancing um those are the things that uh like remind me not to be jaded and remind me to get up and not be numb and remind me to celebrate uh, even when we are like down and so if I because like I feel like People have called Palestinians naive for the last 50 years or 70 years or 80 years and have, like, criticized the way that they will be like, no, I'm going to, like, resist and I want my own state or, like, no, I want all of my land back or, no, I, uh, like, reject this barrier that you've put between us and I want to live together. Um, and so I guess I've, I've just been thinking a lot about the ways that you all have been prophetic and... Um, I see a lot of that in other liberation movements. I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot about you this week. <laughs> Love y'all. I've been thinking about the generational thing too and how like, cause, cause I got called naive recently okay. and I'm sorry. And I was like, hmm. um, and I mean, my perspective right now is that like, the main thing I've learned about getting older, and over the course of high school at least, was that things get way more complicated. Like going, like as a younger child, I might like morality is very clear, and then I think as you get older and you start to do things that you thought were bad, or you know people who've done things that you thought were bad, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, it's complicated. There's specific situations. There's a lot of factors, right? And so I think that I feel like that continues. Um, you you get older and you're like oh it's complicated um there's all these factors um this is how it is and I think that younger people um are more apt to kind of just be like no here's what's right like here is what's real like the real meat of what's going on um <clears throat> and so I think that's why we've always led these movements um and that's why um you know, we are, we do fight really hard is because we, we believe that things, um, when something's wrong, we're actually willing to, like, not just say it's complicated, but be like, no, let's change it. Um, and there's also a lot of older people who, who, um, are working towards the same goal. But I think, like, I think older people, like, do understand things that are complicated, that, that are complicated, it's true. 
and like what the challenges that we're up against are but I don't know that's kind of I said it more articulately the other night to my mom um <laughs> she kind of made her listen to me for a while um that was yeah I'm kind of thinking about like why it, it seems counterintuitive to me that like younger people tend to be more like radical and revolutionary um and not obviously that's a huge generalization um especially because my parents are like the people who like taught me a lot of these things who are much older than me but um it's kind of interesting to me because i feel like older people have seen systems change a lot they've seen a lot of change in their lives um like my dad like was born when emmett till was killed that year like wow he's seen a lot of change Mm -hmm. he in the 1960s, Aboriginal yeah. people didn't have to be paid for their labor. They were still enslaved legally in the 1960s, and he lived in that country. Wow. So he's seen a lot of change, right? And, like, my dad isn't super conservative, but to me, I'm growing up, and all I've ever seen is school shootings, mass shootings, and mm-hmm. black people being killed on video, and all of these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so why am I the one who's saying that things... Um, that I want to change things, that things don't have to be this way. I feel like it should be the older people being like, oh, like, they've changed before. Like, why can't they change again? But I also think that there's a lot of fear about the unknown because as soon as something becomes a certain way, um, you try to figure out how to live with it. And then, because you have to, you have to live. And then, and then you figure out how to live with it and you don't want to have to try and figure out how to live with something else. Yes. And, I mean, age is one of the toughest things for people to, Honestly, I think the most radical thing that my family taught me is that I mattered when I was five. And they were like, yeah, come on, sit at the table and talk, like, whatever you want to (laughs) say. Like, you can watch the same movies as us, and, like, you're still funny, and you have things to say. What do you think? (laughs) And that that has been the foundation of everything I know about the world, is that all the adults, when I was little, were like, I think that what you have to say matters. And that is something truly... Uh, like unoriginal unoriginal (laughs) truly radical all right if we have just one moment i want to go back and clarify something that i said i said the phrase not all men when talking about abuse i heard it and i was like and (laughs) i would like to just say that uh yeah that phrase snuck in there and i hated it when i said it um i'm not defending men um there are a lot of men who abuse people and uh, there are too many women who are abused. Um, I am not defending all men. I would not. It was an unfortunate, unfortunate um, series of words that you said. But All I mean to say is that we should not settle for being represented by the worst of us. And by us, I mean society, people, people in general. There we go. Nailed it. So I'll just, um, let's, okay, thanks, Dan. Um, so Dan and I both have pe- men who have assaulted people in our family, and um, I'm just interested, Dan, how, you, how, how you're going to negotiate if you vote for Joe Biden. What do you think? Like, when you brought up your dad earlier, and it hit me again. There's lots of hits to my heart, my crumbling heart during this that are very meaningful, and I'm appreciating this conversation, but it's not, you know, very fun. So Dan, what do you think about that? I don't know. It's it's nice and fresh now, so it's like great. Um, not feeling good about it. 
I don't know how to say this without trying to say like I don't want to think about it but that's like essentially how I feel is I don't want to think about it but that's kind of a natural reaction because like it's something un unpalatable right so it's something I don't want to think about and I'm trying to like negotiate mm -hmm. that like all right I know like sorry, I don't want to call you out for this, but you said it in, in particular about, like, the numbers. Like, the numbers are a thing. And I guess, like, I would... It's not just, like, about the number of people that uh, have been abused by these individuals. Mm -hmm. It's not about these people as individuals. And so the way I'm negotiating this and compartmentalizing it is that it's so little about him as a person. Mm -hmm. the, the reasons why I would vote for him mm -hmm. are so little about him mm -hmm. that I can compartmentalize it. Mm -hmm. And hmm, I don't know. I mean, I'm real uncomfortable with it. And it's, it's hitting, it's hitting home, especially hard in this conversation, mm -hmm. like to think about it. Um, I guess part of the reason that, like, I don't want to criticize Joe Biden too much is because it makes it harder for me to feel like it's okay to vote for him. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that, like, that's the discussion we're having, but I'm also trying to steal myself for um, that moment because, like, it's really just not about him as much as it is about everything else. Mm -hmm. I guess I, I hear, I, I feel like you keep saying I hear you. Um, I hear that, and again, this is not a decision that we should, like, we should not be making this decision between these two people, and it also kind of feels like sanctioning and rewarding their behavior because mm -hmm. we are, we, I feel like we compartmentalize people doing harm to other people, but we don't compartmentalize when someone is, um, someone who's been harmed or when someone is black or when someone is um like we, i think we compartmentalize things about people with more power and privilege that we're when we don't compartmentalize things about people with less power and privilege that's not personal about what you said dan i'm just thinking about that we have a lot more grace for people with power and privilege um and their personal choices than we do i mean like, people can make the same kind of set of choices about, like, I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot. I know I've probably said it before in this podcast, but they can make the same set of power and choices about, like, stealing something, but if they what they steal is, is like, by exploiting labor of mm -hmm. other people versus stealing a purse, mm -hmm. then you're yeah. not, you're not, you're not compartmentalizing that they both stole something. One person's going to prison. Wage theft is the biggest like form of theft in the country by a lot. Right. And it's not a crime. So I feel like we, yeah, we compartmentalize that, but um, we compartmentalize that these people are abusers, but I don't think we would do the same. Um, oh yeah, totally. With people who and it seems really hypocritical too, because we were like, "How could we possibly vote for Trump? Like he was recorded and put it out on the thing. That's so stupid, you know." And then we're like, you know, when it's like our side, I feel like which is why I think I emphasize a lot that like 
I'm not on Joe Biden's side. I don't think he's yes, on my yeah. side. I'm yep. not on his yeah. side. Yes. Um, I do love you, Dan. And I'm going to preface yeah. with that. Uh-oh. And I understand that this isn't something you want to think about. I don't want anyone who votes for Joe Biden to feel good about voting for Joe Biden. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, no, and, I, and I'm not saying that as in I want to make Dan feel bad. Um, I don't. I'm not saying bad. that because I want people to feel bad, period. I'm just saying that I don't, because... I mean, with all of this stuff, with, like, the sort of, like, way we kind of trolley problem abusers into, like, yeah. make it, like, and, like, gaslight survivors into making them feel like they have to choose between one of them or believe that one of them is a good person when neither of them are. Yeah. Like, I feel very hurt and 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 very sad and just feel for, like, the people that are hurt that have been abused and hurt by men who are currently in power and i feel hurt that no matter that someone is going to have to see their abuser's face on tv and in the newspaper and you know all over twitter every day for the next four years right like yeah that 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 and and for whoever that is right that's whether that's tara reed whether that's someone else that's gonna like, I can't imagine the pain that that's going to cause. And I feel not just for that level of, like, repeated trauma, like, on top of the, like, you know, the harm that's already been caused, but also the fact that that, that those people will be surrounded by people, you know, again, no matter who's in office, telling them that, like, at least it's not this other person. That yeah. would have been worse. Right. And, like, I don't want anyone to feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fully sympathize with that. If there's one message of our podcast, it should be that you should not feel good now or in November. And that we're like super pro people making their own decisions about stuff. Like we don't want to say, we don't want to use the word have to about things because that people have their own important like, and no one should need to say, like, well, I've been abused, and so I don't want to vote for an abuser. Like, no one should have to say that. <laughs> no one should have to describe themselves, and they shouldn't be shamed for making that decision. Like, if this is something that is a barrier, then that's the end of the conversation. You should be allowed to um, to make that decision without people telling you what to do. I have a thought based on that Code Switch episode. One of the words that they kept saying about older black voters is that they were pragmatic. They just kept like talking about pragmatism and like I I'm just seeing like an overlap here with that uh like that for older black voters um this is not a new <laughs> this is not their first rodeo of um like having impossible choices and having messy decisions and and um voting for like the pragmatic option and i'm just like i'm just remembering that as a an experience that i i have had the experience of being like this is the vote (laughs) this is the hope (laughs) this is the change you can see in the world (laughs) and uh and so i just want to like bring that into the space that there are people who have had this experience for far longer than I have and it's been about 
um, white supremacy that has like continued to be abusive and ever present and always a part of the decision, always a part of the like two bad options. Um, so I'm just like really thinking about that and the weight of that and how that is not something I've experienced. Yeah, I mean, like, we feel like we don't have any good choices, but, like, the way that black people, like, overwhelmingly vote Democrat is because, like, the other party is, like, pretty actively, like, invested in their oppression, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. that's part of the privilege thing is, like, how much agency, how much choice do you have, like, what choices are you given and like we kind of have two choices and there are some people who like really have one choice pretty much and like all of it is I don't I don't I, I'm, I'm very disappointed to have been taught my whole life that like people have choices in, in our democratic system and then mm. be on my second election and feel like I don't um, and obviously the presidential election is very different because it's like everyone in America and everyone in America has very different like there's a very big spectrum and I'm not really familiar necessarily with a lot of voters who did like fundamentally disagree with me mm-hmm. um so I mean they're just like love really love that because <laughs> I feel like I can talk to people who like I disagree with for sure like I just had two like conversations where I kind of like was explaining like police abolition to people and like and it, they were really good conversations, but we like also like have some like shared values there, so it's easier to talk about. But yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing is that this shows something about the values of our country as a whole, um, not necessarily about everybody, because certain people are represented more than others. Certain people are more equal than others. Hashtag Animal Farm. Um, but that there is still, like, that these people are the people who, like, apparently represent the country as a whole. Or, like, honestly, in Biden's case, he just represents what other people think other people want. Like, which is so stupid. Um, it is a reminder, too, that, like, it's not just about them. Like, this is also, like, there are people who actually want these people. I don't know. I'm, I don't think I'm very good at talking to people where we have, like, those fundamental, like, that, like, stuff, like, yeah, uh, fundamental, like, diff- we live in, like, very different perceptions of why things are the way they are, mm-hmm. and, like, whether yeah, yeah. or not and different certain information. people have had You're, equal like, opportunities. Different truth. Yeah, we, like, we live in alternate realities, basically. Yeah. And so, um, I really want to become better at having those conversations, because I don't mm-hmm. think that I am very good at it. The 2016 election were, like, was very dramatic, though, for, I would say, for, like, our age group of people who are living in Chicago and everyone agrees that, like, I just, it was, like, there was, like, an, it was in the air, like, the next day. Like, you could feel it. There was, like, this tension. Everyone was quiet. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it in all of our classes. And then in my dance school, we, we had a big circle. And our, t- our teacher, who's a black woman, um, had us go around and say, like, a woman that we look up to. Yeah. Because, and then we had to, like, she just, like, they just let us talk about how disappointed we felt that people had made that decision for us. Yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, 
all of these people living here are being like taxed having to follow American laws and then they like mm-hmm. just have to like mm-hmm. be thrown around like their entire stability like Ooh. um I feel like we it's a little somber right now maybe we should do some like liberating check-ins at the end how are you taking like maybe like one word <laughs> for how you're feeling right now that doesn't have to be like an emotion but just like I don't know. Mm. It can be like an object in the room around you that you feel like demonstrates how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And then let's do one thing you're going to, you can do to take care of yourself. Not necessarily tonight to sleep, but like within the next 24 hours. I, I'll go. So what I've been doing at the end of this conversation, because I got a little anxious, was um, when I graduated from University of Chicago, I, we went to the alumni Thing and I got this coloring book <laughs> this like stupid but I like stole all their free stuff um and I've been coloring a um gargoyle this whole time doesn't even look like yeah I think they went like abstract with these but I've never opened this up before and I'm excited about it um oops. uh so I've been coloring that and that felt really good to just be like you know what color during this tough conversation (laughs) and then something I want to do for myself is I would like to go on a date with Dan because I love Dan and I'm so proud of him for everything he's done professionally and we have a lot of like really kind of stressful things going on right now and um I'd just like to spend some time with Dan because I love him neat I'm I'm in the room where I work um and I am surrounded by Quaker literature because I live in a Quaker house. This is a public space in my house. There's like a picture of Gandhi. Um, there's Quaker meeting literature. There's peace and social justice organizations. There's the Ramallah Friends School. There's, yeah, <laughs> they have a Friends School apparently. Capital Palestine. You know, I know. Um, and worship and song books and this oh like gosh. book of protest songs yes. and civil rights songs that we like pull out sometimes yes. and so just like remembering there's like That's amazing. there's like a lot of work that people are doing um, that I'm not even really plugged into yet so that's cool um, okay I have a new strategy for how I'm gonna like I guess like in my head relaxing and like is like watching like TV which is that actually is relaxing for me but I never have time to do it so I don't know normally for the last two weeks I've been saying I'm gonna watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire like on like Saturday night right but what happens is I get I get caught up and I do all these other things and then by the time I'm about to start the movie it's like midnight and I'm like well I'm gonna just go to bed and get some sleep so I, I do this thing where if I say I'm gonna do it at the end of the day I never do it because I always end up doing more important things because me relaxing is not important. And um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch it tomorrow morning before I start doing other things. And that's how I'm going to watch it. Here, I'll get my object. My object, so you were talking about the clothes thing earlier, mm-hmm. is the shirt that I wore to homecoming in junior year. I didn't go to, did I go to homecoming senior year? I did go to homecoming senior year. But this is the shirt I wore to my junior year homecoming. Yes. For those of, if we do put this in there, it's a pink lacy shirt button up um it's very transparent and this i got this shirt and wore it before i had top surgery so i wore a binder underneath it yes, which was I remember this, big for me actually. because i normally don't i 
normally don't wear outfits where my binder is visible. Um, and I found it, and I have no idea if I'm going to have any opportunity to wear it. There is no homecoming dance in, at SAIC. And I'm not know that I don't know that I'm going to go to big fancy events with lots of people anyway. But you know what? I'm bringing it. I'm going to bring it to school because it reminds me of a time where I was vulnerable and also very happy. Yes, yes. Um, I love it. I don't know if that's how I'm feeling tonight, but I'm. It's relevant, so I'm. That's my object. And then nice thing. Um, the first thing that's coming in my mind is tomorrow morning I'm going to eat a big bowl of Cheerios for breakfast. That's, I don't know why that's the first thing that's coming into my head, but that is, that is the first thing that's coming into my head. Maybe that'll be the nice thing for I do for myself. Maybe I'll do an exfoliating face mask and it'll peel all the gunk out of my pores and I'll feel fresh and new. This is me today. This calendar, this crossword calendar, which is, I was like doing every day up until Monday, April 6th. Um, and that's where I'm at. Um, I'm back in April, got stuck then, and time has just been kind of fake since then. But also, like, I feel like time has skipped ahead a little bit because I had a good summer, despite everything. Um, could it have been better? Yes. But, um, I had a good experience doing this thing, and so, like, Time flies sometimes when you're having fun, just to <laughs> say that phrase. <laughs> um, I had a really good time doing my, my project, and it made me feel like I was good at what I do. You're so cute, and this Dan. calendar, great. This calendar is good at what it does, too. Okay. Um, <laughs> thing I'm going <laughs> to... Taking care of myself by not thinking about research related things for the entire weekend yeah. gonna sleep in yeah. it's gonna be great this podcast is recorded on ohlone and potawatomi and miami and peoria land our producer is sonia berg want to support them look in the episode description to buy them a cup of coffee our logo is made by julia's sister sophia she is 12 and a democrat who doesn't agree with everything the democrats stand for our theme song is by some TikTok users that I cannot pronounce, but they will be listed in our episode description. 